0: with Wico and Kayla is about to go live online with Rico and Kayla is about to go live online. Catch all-out monster hit music, all-out celebrity interviews, all-out showbiz and sports news, all-out fun, an exclusive on The Monster. Catch the stream on The Monster Facebook page at RX931, The Monster YouTube channel at RX931, and twitch.tv slash monsterRX931. Your all-out hosts, Rico Robles and Kayla Rivera. Stand by and enjoy the program. sponsors another fantastic Friday that's what it's all about and it's always great when we get to talk to an artist who makes great music and when it comes to heartbreak in the making we want to know this journey it's very very interesting she did have a show before here in the Philippines so it's great to catch up with her joining us from Oslo Norway we have the one the only Dagny hi Dagny
1: hi how are you
0: great 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 you know how's everything going it's so sunny there
1: i know it's like in the middle of the day it's only one o'clock in the like early afternoon Mm -hmm. so it's a completely different time zone yeah
0: i know you know thank you for taking time to join us i mean the journey for the music and everything you know heartbreak in the making i want to know i mean there's got to be some signs in this, but first and foremost, how's everything going? You know, I've heard you've had a recent show here in the Philippines. How was that experience?
1: Yeah, it's not super recent. It was in um, very late in 2018, uh, but that was my only time ever playing in Manila, and we had such a great time. We did four shows with um, with an American band called the Coin. Um, and it was like, it was such a surreal experience. We we were only there for like 73 hours and it was just like boom, 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 one show after the other. But it me, really made me wanna go back and I met some some you know fans that I've been following ever since. And so I really, um, I've been dreaming about going back and playing some more shows there.
0: I mean, I could imagine when you go to a country and it's completely different from where you're from, And to only have 73 hours in the place, I mean, walk us through that. And you had to do, what, four shows? How was that?
1: Yeah. And it was a crazy thing because um, it was just like the same day as I bought uh, my apartment here in Oslo and I was like really high up on on a pink cloud and we were going to Manila and it was all like super surreal. And then I came to the airport and I'd forgotten my passport. And so they didn't want to like put me on the flight, obviously. And so my whole band just went and uh, they left without me, not even knowing if I was going to make it. And uh, luckily, you know, things worked out and I arrived like 10 hours or 12 hours after them, which made me have even less time there, which Mm -hmm. uh, um, we got there. And, you know, I'm from a tiny, tiny village in northern Norway. It's like 80,000 people. Uh, And so it was just crazy, you know, coming to such a big city and. It was like outdoors in the evening and um, just such a good vibe in general. So, I mean, if it was up to me, I'd stayed for way longer than 73 hours. But I'm glad I even got that.
0: When you head to the Philippines for some reason, I don't know if it's the warm weather but it allows people to stay here longer. They end up sometimes living and buying something off the island, you know, buying a nice rest house and doing so. You did mention you're from a small town. I mean, the journey of music. How did this all start for you?
1: That's a very good question. Um, Well, you know, I grew up in it's a very cultural city. It's like a lot of music in Tromsø, which is what it's called. And um, so I discovered music early and my parents are jazz musicians. So we kind of grew up having music around the house always. Uh, but then maybe I think when I was around 20, I um, I moved to London, which is another amazing city. Um, and there was like, I, I just learned so much. You know, I met all these people that were gigging seven nights a week and writing music every day and I think that you know that really shaped me as a artist just like discovering things about my own sound and how I wanted to sound like and getting to gig so much and learn how to be in front of an audience and mm-hmm. and just general learning a lot about the, the music industry and meeting other people that were so into music so I think those years in London were really um, like they were like really fundamental in my musical journey but it's incredible how music can like take you all around the world and meeting so many different people. And we have this like one united language that we all get, which is basically music, which is awesome.
0: And and I can imagine the scene that you have in Norway and of course you head into London as well. I have a couple of friends who do the music scene there. It's like it's so organic. It's so pure and it's really speaking from the heart. And it's a lot of hard work. It's not just. Putting, on, putting a on a drum machine, drum it's not just doing all that. I mean, to actually make it as a career, when was that decision? When when did that, it's like, I could make a living off of this. When did that come through?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to say that, like, that took years and years and years. And I think that, you know, I always say that one of the main reasons why I'm still doing music isn't necessarily, you know, that you got this incredible talent or whatever, but it's just, you know being persistent like never giving up is basically i think what made me being able to continue and and obviously having like an inner drive that you um that just you know something that drives you that that give your life purpose i think you know being a musician and and making a career out of it it's it's not even just a job it feels more like a lifestyle and it consumes you know so much of your time and like most of my friends and and family were all like music is what kind of our biggest passion and so um, yeah it it took a lot of years but I guess I just never found anything else that I wanted to do more and that gave me that same feeling so it was in that sense I guess it was a pretty easy um, choice even though it took you know took years.
0: I mean your parents being in jazz of course jazz the genre that is probably the hardest <laughs> yeah. know, the bar is very high there when you you know you have music greats that in in one jam session in one song when somebody drops a certain
1: I note, know got to pick it all up I mean and you're it's making so
0: you know the music, music you make like, is completely different how do yeah. you take it
1: I think, you know, I've really always thought that I always thought that I was going to wake up one day and just be like, oh, jazz, yes, jazz is going to be my thing because that's what we grew up with. We didn't have any pop or rock around the house. It was like jazz and bossa nova, but I guess like, you know, the one thing that it all has in common, um, whatever genre you're doing is that you're trying to, you know, convey like an emotion and a feeling and I think that you know whatever whatever music you're doing that's what we're all trying to do and and I guess you know seeing my parents when I was growing up doing music it gave me like a really realistic image of what it is to be a musician you know as you said earlier about how much time goes into it you know you have the highs and then you have the lows and you're on a tour and it's amazing and you come home and suddenly it's all very quiet and you feel really empty and and that's also part of it and I think you know seeing them and how much time they spent on learning their craft and trying and failing and trying again and then succeeding and you know it goes back and forth all the time I think that's really like a lesson that I've I've taken with me and you know whenever I then have a period that feels like everything's going against I just know that okay you just have to continue and keep keep going at it and and it will all be okay at the end so yeah but pop is very different genre but i, 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 I can love imagine it. i
0: mean it's a completely different thing but of course when you're making the music and then there are days that every not every day is going to be a yes not every day is going to be a sold out mm. show was there any advice from your parents that they gave you that somehow like all right when this happens this is what you do um you know what i mean was there any yeah. advice? can you remember
1: I think most of all, just like observing them was a lesson in itself, just like seeing that they never stopped or gave up. But I think they also they also reminded me always that, you know, because they never tried to push me in a certain direction. It was never like, oh, yeah, go out and be a musician or go out and do this and that and the other. But I think they, they really taught me that, you know, music is something that needs to come from just your own passion. It's not about trying to um you know um you shouldn't just do what everyone else tells you to do or because music is so individual like everyone in a way that everyone connects with different kinds of music and you know i make music that i love and sometimes i have thought oh maybe i should make music more like this because that feels like that's the kind of music that everyone listens to but Mm -hmm. then i just remember what they said about like you have to make music that that connects with you and you have to to make choices that you want to make and follow your gut instead of just doing what everyone else tells you is the right thing if you know what i mean
0: that's so tough i mean right you're like okay this is the like the purest song i've ever written
1: yeah i sing it
0: in my bedroom now (laughs) i step in i step on stage to sing it in front of a thousand strangers that i don't know who How was that first time performing a song that's dear to you? How was that feeling?
1: I, you know, luckily I've been doing shows since I picked up the guitar at like 15. Like I basically knew four chords and I was like, wrote two songs. And then I was like, okay, right, let's go out and play them. And I think by doing that, I I got a lot of those like really tough experiences really early on which by the time I started releasing music and we're doing bigger shows I kind of knew how to handle this different situations a bit better but yeah I mean it is like it's vulnerable like in a way it's you know you're putting so much time and effort and emotion and honesty into these songs and Mm -hmm. and not you know not everyone will connect with it and sometimes you have really tough shows where Mm -hmm. you know you're playing to a crowd that don't want to listen or or something goes wrong on stage. But again, I I try and remind myself that that's just part of it. And I don't think anyone who does music and has done it for a long time has gone without any of those experiences that that's just like you learn, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's part of the journey. You know, for those that are tuning in, we are talking to Dagny joining us all the way from Norway now, the hit comes in 2016. How was that first feeling when you had that major hit? When you first heard it on the radio, how did yeah. you feel about it? What were you doing? Can you walk us through that?
1: I can remember exactly what happened because we um, I had actually decided that I was going to quit music for a little while, just like a short moment there in 2000, late 2015. I just thought, okay, maybe I should try something else in life. And I was kind of banging my head against the, the wall, not really getting anywhere and then as like a last um okay I'll just put out this EP and see how it goes mm-hmm. and backbeat which was my first single was one of those songs um on that EP and um and I remember it because um it premiered on the radio and that's long backstory but it premiered on the radio and I was sitting in my rehearsal room with my band in London we were just a group of friends and I remember the song came on radio and everyone was like oh my God it's on the radio it's crazy crazy and then when it was done they just jumped straight into the next song and I remember all of us just sitting there being like so um what now I guess the song's out and what do we do now so we just like basically went back to rehearsing Uh and um and then I think like people started picking the song up and connecting with it and it was a surreal thing because at that point I'd already been doing music for 10 years but and people said you know that and everything happened overnight but in a way it kind of felt like everything changed overnight because labels started picking up the song and suddenly we were like flying out to Los Angeles meeting labels and flying out to New York meeting labels and and it was a really surreal time and looking back you know it's not really ever stopped since backbeat was released and it's been a really exciting journey but it's crazy how how things changed so quickly after really having done it for that long it, so it, maybe it
0: was a trial period and then when you're really about to give up right yeah that's when it's like bam, backbeat it's comes in, it gets a, an acclaimed um you know i probably got a few awards for it now, from Backbeat, I mean, how was it? Now making a hit after Backbeat, was it more challenging? Was there a lot more pressure towards? Okay, we got to make a hit like Backbeat, or what's happening yeah. to it?
1: I think that's a really good question because in the beginning, mm-hmm. everyone around you is, and also yourself, is just like, okay, right, we have to make another Backbeat. Like, uh, and so we wrote so many songs that just sounded like a really bad version of Backbeat, and. Then I think I realized, you know, it's not really about making backbeat again. It's about making a new song that it's that is its own song. Mm -hmm. And uh, the pressure was definitely there. But and I do think that, you know, you think that you're going to get to a point where you feel really stable and everything is just fine and you're living up the music and the pressure is going to go away, but that never really goes away. But I think the pressure for me mainly comes from within myself. It's not about trying to please, you know, everyone else, but yeah, exactly. But about making songs that inspire me in new ways and songs that make me feel excited, but that doesn't sound the same as all my old songs, if you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think the key is, you know, pressure is part of it but I think the key is just like keep finding things that inspire you in new ways and and don't get too comfortable don't try and make the same song again and again but try and find you know new sounds that inspire you or new ways of talking about something or uh, you know keep experimenting really
0: now you know when it comes to doing the sound and of course making your music was there ever a sort of comfortable album that you would run to, for example, if you're in the process of recording an album, do you go sit at home with a Fleetwood Mac CD or maybe an yeah. Nirvana a Nevermind album? There, what's your go-to albums when it comes to
1: that? You know what? I have an amazing album. That's, um do you know the the Swedish band Cardigans?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: You of do. Course.
0: My favorite game.
1: Yes. I love The Cardigans and they have um they have an album called Long Gone Before Daylight. Mm-hmm. And um it's just one of those albums that um it's I mean it must have come out in the 90s or maybe early 2000 but it just never feels old to me like the songwriting and the the organic feel like the feeling of the album and um you know my music has been very pop and mm-hmm. I grew up with Spice Girls I mean I loved Spice Girls too growing up and that's yeah exactly but I feel like with cardigans they have this really amazing like organic sound and um and yeah I, I feel like it suits so many different moods and so I would say that's probably one of my favorite albums and in the last year when I've been going into the studio I've been trying to think more organic again not just like not doing digital drums you know not just having one producer coming in and play everything but involving my band I, ha- I have an amazing band and we play so many shows and and like taking back a bit of those organic elements have felt really inspiring to me in the last year so i've been listening to the album lots
0: I, I could imagine like you're probably doing long drives and just listening but like we got to get this sort of vibe to it you know what i mean yeah and the driving
1: like the driving vibe it's the best like when you when you write a song and you imagine like driving down some like coastline while you have the windows open that's like the ultimate sound
0: now it's just the theme now for the new single i mean heartbreak in the making so tell us you know what's the story behind the song i mean the title itself i could imagine
1: Yeah, you know, I always tell this story. um, I I have to start off by like telling the kind of association. So in 2016, I had a period where I was like whenever I went out with my friends, we would always drink tequila and um, it was one of those things where you're standing there looking down in the first shot of tequila and you know how this is going to end up and you know it's probably not a great shout. You probably shouldn't shouldn't shot it uh but then you do it anyway Mm -hmm. like the song obviously isn't about tequila but it's a similar thing where you go into a relationship and you're you're seeing the warning signs and you can kind of imagine you you know that this is probably going to end badly and and you can already kind of see the outlines of that but then you do it anyway just because you you're hooked and you really want it to work um that's the that's the heartbreak in the making You, you you can see it coming
0: that's usually the m- most exciting relationships, right? That and that's the in.
1: thing. I mean, back to the tequila night, it's like you can have an amazing experience and you can learn a lot and it can be really exciting in the moment. But, uh, you know, I guess that's that's life. You know, you have tequila nights and you have relationships like that and, and you <laughs> and you learn a lot and maybe like down the line, you can look back and laugh of it or or look back and think, oh yeah, okay, I guess I learned a lot <laughs>
0: That was a great lesson, that was a great night, but that was a lot of heartbreak lessons there. Exactly. Anyway, when it comes to tequila, get the one with the bell, not the one with the hat, they
1: Oh, good one. <laughs> you
0: gotta get the best one. Now, is this gonna be the theme of the whole album that you're they're gonna be launching? Is this gonna be the theme of, of the next body of work that you'll be doing?
1: Um, I've been writing a lot since, um, since the last album, Strangers Lovers. And I can definitely see the contours of the album. And it's definitely very much in the making to use a, a line that we've listed, you know, it's, it's in the making. But I think it's a little early to say exactly if all I mean, for me, an album needs to have, I don't think it's going to be purely about heartbreak. But I, I feel like there's a lot of big emotions in the songs that I've written and I've connected with up until now. And then I'm going to like let myself have the summer to really like put it into one, you know, one, one body of work that feels consistent, but it's, um, I think it's touching on something that, you know, I'm, I'm, I can relate to. And I think you'll find that like, a lot of the songs are touching on that, but you know, you can't have a shade without any sun, and so there's gonna be some songs that are also more focusing on not not just the heartbreak, if you know what I mean. It's
0: some some happiness, Somebody, yeah, some happiness too. You know, yeah. I mean, I could imagine, but then I mean that could be very challenging now, right? To write one body of work because with with all the musical trends and also with with uh, everything that you want to talk about. There's so much information out there. In a snap yeah. of a finger, you want to be able to capture it. How do you stay focused on that?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, um, for me, up until my first album, Strangers Lovers, which was three years ago, I had only ever done, like, singles. And singles is one thing, because you can release something and you don't necessarily have to tell a bigger story. You don't have to, like, make all the visuals align. and And you can kind of just move to the next uh but then i did the album and it felt so satisfying to be going into you know putting all that work into making a bigger story that you were able to tell much more in depth i always say that like releasing one and one song is like the first the first date or just dating mm-hmm. and then you know an album is like full on the relationship in depth mm-hmm. and so i think for me, it was so satisfying to be working like that and challenging. And I like challenging. So, so when I think about an album, I, I, I like the challenge of like making it all feel like one, you know, that they're, they're working together, but it's definitely not easy. And, and like, God, the amount of hours that goes (laughs) into making an album is insane, but then it feels really good when you, when 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 you put it out. Yeah.
0: When's the album coming out for you? Is there a release date already? Also, I know you're going to go on tour for this. Is there a world tour? Are you going to be back in Manila
1: soon? I would absolutely love to come back. You, mm-hmm. I mean, definitely. Someone would say you want to go to Manila. I'd be like, yes, I'll go tomorrow. But, uh, but, um, the there's not like we're working on some dates, but for now it's mainly like European dates and, um, the album is going to be out in in the autumn sometime that's all I can say for now but Mm -hmm. I'm putting I'm doing my biggest headline show in um, in Norway in end of November which is going to be the biggest show I've done to date so I think I can say that if everything goes according to plan it's definitely going to be out before that
0: and you know message for your fans you got a lot of fans here in the Philippines you know for them and for all the listeners of your music Dagney. what's your message for them
1: I would just say thank you so much for listening to my music and I feel like overall the people that are that I'm seeing on some my socials and I'm talking to on my socials and it's just such a great vibe like this you know people keep it really positive and and i love reading everything that they're writing about my music and and i feel like it really is like one big amazing community and even though we haven't been able to go on that many like world tours like just don't give up because we'll be coming your way at one point and i can't wait to see everyone uh again and in manila and everywhere else so um just thank you for supporting and for listening to my music and it means the world to me and it's really nice to feel like connected to other people through the music. So thank you.
0: Of course the single is heartbreak in the making. If you have any tips on heartbroken people, you want to share some? uh...
1: (laughs) Oh gosh. I don't know if I have any great tips, but I would just say that, you know, sometimes just allowing things to take time and however much time it takes, just like, um, you know i think time does heal all wounds but but sometimes it takes a minute and that's okay and you just have to try and do things that you enjoy doing and being around people that make you uh, feel good and at the end of the day you know as i say, horrible to to be in when you're in it you can some I think most of the time you're able to look back later and see that, you know, something good came out of it and you did grow and you learned something, and maybe next time you'll you'll handle it slightly differently and stuff. And that's just that's life. Like that's growing and learning all the time. So so um I guess just um remember that it will be okay in the end.
0: Thank me, you. you nailed it right in the head. <laughs>
1: thank you so, so
0: real thank you very much for for taking time for sharing with us uh, your afternoon or lunch time um you know and hopefully next time we have you live here in the studios okay
1: that would be amazing you know that's a deal i'll I'll shake yeah. your hand on that for sure right, here we go Break very nice to
0: <laughs> yeah and then we'll catch you again all right thank you for taking time don't forget heartbreak in the making request for it here on the monster joining us from oslo norway give it up for
1: dagny thank you thank you so much for the nice chat thank
0: thank you very much all right you take care you You too bye -bye. Bye. there
1: you go ladies and
0: gentlemen of course dagny joining us all the way from norway my name is rika robles this has been another monster exclusive interview thank you guys for watching monster exclusive interview monster exclusive interview only from manila's honest monster rx 93.1